Hi folks, FPL General here recording a new episode of my 59th Minute FPL Podcast. Hopefully, if you're listening, it means you haven't quit FPL after those horrendous two game weeks. I think I seen a tweet this morning. Uh, I think it's the first time since the 2014-15 season that we've had back-to-back game week averages of under 40 points. So, I mean, most of us are in this together, so we've got to just keep soldiering on and, and hopefully hopefully things return to no- normal before too long. I'm recording on Tuesday morning, the 22nd of October. So, game week 9 wrapped up last night with Sheffield United beating Arsenal 1-0. I was very happy to get my Lundstrom clean sheet, as were many. So we've got Champions League, Europa League midweek, then we've got a Friday deadline this week, so don't get caught out by the early one, Southampton-Leicester on Friday night, game week 10. Similar similar format as usual for this episode, starting with the shoutouts, just one this week, a new member to the 59th Minute Club, Liverpool's Divock Origi. So he was uh, he was a replacement for Salah, I'm a Salah owner, so I was pretty frustrated when, when I seen him miss out at the weekend and his replacement came in to get to get a shout out on the podcast so I think you know as a Salah owner it could have been a lot worse you know Manny was quiet so I think most people who don't have Salah probably have Manny so we probably got away with that one us Salah owner so hopefully he's back Champions League and back for game week 10 against Spurs a quick review of game week 9 how did it go for me uh, I think, you know, there's been a lot of horror scores out there this week. I've seen, you know, before the Monday night game, I've seen people posting scores of, some scores of 11, 12, 13 even, you know, with, with maybe one or two players to go. So it was a, it was a pretty rough game week for a lot of people. Um, I came out of it okay. I came out of it on 41 points. Thanks, thanks to Lundstrom and Robertson, really. You know, if it wasn't for those two guys, I would have been, you know, as bad as anyone this week. Uh, 41 points got me a green arrow from 546k up to 461k so I mean not a huge arrow but you're going to take take any green arrow when it comes especially in a game week like that where, where it could have been a lot worse so I'm counting my blessings Lundstrom and Robertson uh, thank you to those two I went I went into game week nine I, I had two free transfers and I was seriously contemplating getting Callum Wilson for a minus four and giving him the armband and to do that I would have had to sell Robertson and in the end you know every every time I go to sell Robertson this year I just think back to that Champions League goal he scored where he found himself in a six yard box and I just I just can't find you know every time it come, comes to you know thinking about selling them I just end up keeping them and I've got Trent and Robo and, and I may just end up keeping the two of them for the season just set and forget those two Um, so what I ended up doing was I just I like to focus on my weak links so uh, looking at my team going into game week 9 the weak links were Ashley Barnes and Zinchenko so I just got rid of those two brought in Tammy Abraham uh, and gave him the armband captaincy blank but hey you know captains don't score points this season so not going to worry too much about that Zinchenko then uh, I replaced him with Rico I had exactly 4.2 million so you know the game kind of made that decision for me of course I stuck Rico on the bench then for, for his 8 points but just you know happy I went for him over the likes of Kelly I was even considering going for you know maybe 3.9 million defender just to, just to sit on the bench but I'm glad I went for Rico because he looks a really good option he seems to have played himself into that you know making that left back spot his own and, and watching the highlights from the weekend he looks really good you know put a few good balls into Wilson you know he's got set pieces so I think I think I've got myself a decent asset there, even if it's just a bench option in Rico. So happy with that one. And Tammy obviously is is a long term pick. Didn't work out this week, but 
I, I think he's going to have a very good season. I don't see him slowing down in terms of goals. Um, so the only players who scored me points really were the two I mentioned, Lundstrom, Robertson, Tomori got me five points. Frustrating, he got a yellow card, but I'll take that clean sheet all day long. And Sterling, five points. I mean, not great for a for a twelve million plus player. Very, very wasteful at the weekend. Sterling, very frustrating to watch that game as a Sterling and De Bruyne owner. De Bruyne in particular should have had a penalty. I mean, some people will say it wasn't a penalty, but Zaha basically you know wrestled him to the ground. Anywhere else in the pitch, it's a free kick. So, in my opinion, that should have been a penalty for De Bruyne. Hits the post as well shortly after it. And then worst of all, Gabriel Jesus, greedy player as he is, doesn't lay it back to De Bruyne who has an open goal. So De Bruyne, probably the best ever performance I've seen from a player who scored three points on another day scoring scoring over ten. So I think I think my armband is on him for game week ten in my bus team. It'll be probably be between him and Sterling for the weekend, depending on Depending on Champions League minutes, that, that could influence my thinking. But that, that's who it's on at the minute. De Bruyne is just an absolute machine this season. There's a question on him later, so, so I'll come back to him. Uh, Cantwell. Cantwell came off my bench. I, I started I started Lundstrom over Cantwell and uh, Rico. So Cantwell was my first sub. He came in for Salah. So Cantwell and Pukki disappointing again this week. You know, it's when it comes to my transfers later, Pukki, Pukki's on the chopping block this week most likely going to go just need to decide who for moving on to the watch list now uh, i updated 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 it this morning i'm struggling to get my words out here today it's too it's too early to be recording a podcast updated the watch list this morning uh, added a few players who caught my eye at the weekend and removed a few players that i'm no longer interested in in the short term so I'll start with the positives first. The five five players have added this week. Jack Grealish, 5.9 million. Aston Villa midfielder. He's been phenomenal last couple of weeks. I think he's got something like 28 points over the last four. So he's been he's been outshining uh, his, his teammate John McGinn over the last couple of weeks. And it's an interesting one now. Grealish versus McGinn because I'm pretty sure they're both 5.9 million. They're both looking like really good FPL options now the issue with Villa is fixtures they play City and Liverpool next so time wise it's probably not the right time to be getting on these but I think once the fixtures clear up a little bit for Villa I'll be looking at either getting McGinn back who I had earlier in the season or or maybe Grealish if he can keep up his form Um, so very interesting one there Grealish versus McGinn now I'll be watching that closely in those you know City and Liverpool fixtures to see to see which of them are looking the better asset I think both both are good options uh, there's not much in it at, at the minute. I think I probably still slightly favour McGinn. Um, I think I think long term McGinn still might be the better the better option there. But time will tell on that one. Another player I've added uh, a Watford defender, Daryl Yanmat, four point three million. What I like about Yanmat, or what has caught my eye over the last two game weeks, is that he's got all three bonus points in both games. Uh, I think he picked up a knock against Spurs and went off. Uh, before Deli Ali scored, so he actually picked up the clean sheet points there, which was a nice bonus for anyone who has him, which is not many people. It's a very attractive price here, Jan Matt, 4.3. Last two game weeks, he's got 9 points and 12 points. So he's going to be on the radar. Obviously, that flag uh, is a bit of a worry. I need to do a bit more research myself to see what the issue is there. Fixture-wise, Watford, it's pretty good as well. I'm just looking at it here. They've got Bournemouth, 
then it's Chelsea, but then it's Norwich, Burnley, Southampton. So Norwich, Watford have have a pretty decent run. You know, new manager was brought in. You know, we, he's known for his his good defensive structures and 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 you know his teams are hard to break down. So I think we've seen that already. Watford have been better defensively. You know, since Kiki Sanchez Flores has come in. So I think Jan Matt's an interesting option. Maybe if you want to rotate him with someone. Uh, but again. He is a player who's had a lot of injuries in the past, which probably goes against my strategy this season of avoiding injury-prone players. Another player who impressed me at the weekend, and he's impressed me all season, Sheffield United's uh, Jack O'Connell, one of their centre-backs. 4.5 million, got an assist against Arsenal. I actually thought, I was I was cheering, I thought it was Lundstrom who, who got that assist. They, they look quite similar when they, when they're in the box and they're going up for headers. I was sure that I had an assist there from, from Lundstrom last night. I've seen a few people tweeting that Lundstrom got the assist as well, so it wasn't just me who made that mistake. But O'Connell assist and three bonus points as well. Uh, I think he got bonus points in game week eight as well. So, you know, I think anyone... You know, Lundstrom is the is the guy to go for. If you don't have Lundstrom yet and you're looking for a Sheffield United defender, you don't think twice. You just get Lundstrom. Uh, don't be stubborn because his price has risen. He is he's an amazing FPL option. You know, watching that Arsenal game last night, it's crazy. It's crazy how high up the pitch he plays. You know, he plays with number seven on his back. He basically was playing him behind the two strikers last night. You know, gets in the box. He's just a he's just a no brainer. If you don't have him, you just go and get him. You know, he's probably up there with with De Bruyne as as you know. I would probably say they're the two most important players to own this season. That says a lot for a player that was four four million at the start of the season. He's he's the top scoring defender again now. I think he's passed out Pereira again after last night. So yeah, if you don't if you don't have Lundstrom, you get him. I think if you know those of us who own him, you know you start him most weeks as well. You know maybe not in, in maybe Liverpool and City fixtures, but but anywhere else, you know he can get points. And Sheffield United are you know, I think they're the best best defensive team this season. That's four clean sheets now. So, you know, I've benched Lundstrom quite a few times this season. I started him game week nine. I think I'll be starting him a lot more going forward as well. Um, just just an excellent asset who, who can get returns going forward. And he's got the bonus of the clean sheets as well. So, yeah, O'Connell. I mean, am I going to double up on Sheffield United defence? Unlikely. But, you know, there's definitely worse worse strategies than, than doing that. So I, I do like O'Connell for anyone who, who fancies a, a double up in the Sheffield United defence. Or if you want to be stubborn... And you don't want to get Lundstrom. Uh, O'Connell, I think, is, is the best, is the next best pick there. Another defender now, uh, Montoya, Brighton's right back, Montoya. I had him on my watch list earlier in the season. I took him off, but I've, I've put him back on now. Uh, he looked, he, he caught my eye again at the weekend. I just, he gets forward so often. You know, he finds himself in the box very, very often. He had, he had a shot that he probably should have scored at the weekend. Uh, I just think he's, re- he's a really good attacking fullback. Uh, doesn't have any attacking returns yet this season, which which surprises me, given you know having watched him quite a few times, I'm surprised he hasn't got anything yet in terms of goals or assists. I think they will come sooner rather than later. Um, just been really impressed with Brighton overall this season. They've been unlucky, you know. They've they've had a, a couple of games have changed because of red cards. You know, Aaron Moy got sent off the weekend, so they had to adjust. You know, taking Connolly off at half time and stuff like that, but. I just just been very impressed with Potter and Brighton, uh, and I just think there's so many good options in that team for FPL. I think Montoya is probably my pick of the defenders at the minute. Dunk's been excellent, but I think he's on four yellow cards. So you've got to be careful if you're bringing in Dunk. One more, and he'll have a, have a sus- suspension. You know, Burn looks good as well. I do. I, I think I prefer Montoya to Burn though. He's just more of a natural attacking fullback where 
Burn is is an out of position, you know, centre back playing at left back. Webster, he's been on my watch list for a few weeks as well. Scored at the weekend, so loads of options there. Matt Ryan's an excellent option as a goalkeeper as well. So I do think though, if I, if I go if I go Brighton defence anytime soon, I think I'll go for Montoya. Just going on the eye test over the last couple of weeks. Moving on now to the players I removed from the watch list this week. I actually removed about 12 players this week. It just kind of sums up FPL. There's just no consistency this season. and There's so many reasons not to get players. But I've picked out five here. Five of the obvious ones. I've moved. I've removed Aguero. Don't want to pay, what is he, 12.2 million? I'm not paying 12.2 million for a player and then going to you know sweat every week for the Man City team sheets. Jesus is getting a lot of game time. Uh, Pep's been talking him up. He says he prefers to play with just one striker. So yeah, you know that that's mainly why I went for Sterling at the start of the season because I didn't want to have that headache over Aguero. I'm going to come back to Aguero as well because there's a question on him. Um, Fredericks at West Ham. I removed him as well because I just don't like West Ham defensively without Fabianski. I'm not keen on that that goalkeeper. So I think I think you know Fabianski been out really dense there clean sheet potential so I'm not going to go near Fredericks. Yarmolenko I've removed as well. He was benched at the weekend, you know, played the second half. Again, I want my players to play 90 minutes or as close to 90 minutes as possible. So that's a that's a strikeout for Yarmolenko in my book. Youngman Son is gone as well. Last three game weeks he's played 45 minutes, 72 minutes and 63 minutes. I don't want that for a player who costs almost ten million, and he also plays for Spurs, who are, you know, bang average last couple of weeks. So no, no chance I'm going to invest close to ten million in in Son at the minute until I see an improvement from Spurs overall, and I see Son getting you know closer to ninety minutes every week. Last one I'll mention this week for the watch list is Riyad Mahrez. He's gone with Aguero as well. Uh, he followed up his 59th minute appearance with a zero minute appearance, so I've got absolutely no time for Mares at the moment either. Moving on now to the Twitter questions, I've picked out five or six of the best ones here. I've answered a few of them on Twitter as well, so if you asked one and I didn't answer it, go back on on the on the tweet and you might find that I've answered it there. First one came in from Michael. Michael asks, many top players are struggling this season. Have you seen this before? What do you put it down to? Do you see this being a short-term blip or a new trend? And if it's longer term, do we need a new strategy? So yeah, we are we are seeing a lot of the top managers and you know top Twitter accounts are struggling this season. It's been it's been a it's been a bit of a crazy first quarter of the campaign. Um, you know, even looking at even looking at my the Elite 64 League that I run, you know, there's a lot of managers down two, three million, which you probably wouldn't have seen maybe in the last two seasons at this stage. And likewise, there's, I don't know if any of them are in the top 10k, you know, which you don't really expect at this point in the season anyway. But there's definitely a, there's definitely a trend this season that a lot of the top managers are struggling. Um, have I seen this before? Probably not to this extreme, you know, probably not, you know, so many, so many of us. Um, struggling. Uh, what do I put it down to? It's it's hard to put your finger on it. You know the. I think this tweet also said. You know the the consistency this season has been inconsistency. You know there's. You know you know Abraham's a good example. I brought him in at the weekend and he dries up. Callum Wilson dries up. You know Aubameyang's been excellent this season. Two blanks in a row now. You know we're seeing it with the likes of Sterling, De Bruyne, Salah as well. 
there's just no consistency there. But you know what? I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's making the game more challenging this season. I think it makes it a lot more interesting. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna challenge us in our strategies. You know, I've kind of had a, a you know strategy going into the season. Just my usual strategy of just being patient, not worrying about price changes, and, and just wait until Friday for transfers and stuff like that. And what one of one of the things one of my strategies going into this season was to have a core group of players and trust them long term. And I mean, the way this season is going, it's it's really challenging that. You know, I've I've had Salah, Sterling all season, uh, the likes of Robertson and Trent as well. Um, and it is pretty hard to stick by them when 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 they're not delivering, you know, week after week. But you know, I I always think of the bigger picture. You know, FPL is a thirty-eight game week game, and you know you can't panic after nine game weeks if things are not going the way you expect them to. So it's all about just the way I'm looking at it is, you know, it's been two hellish game weeks for most people. The way I'm looking at it is that it's a bit of a storm, and we've just got to weather the storm. Um, and hopefully there'll be clear skies ahead. You know, you've got you, you, you you're not going to go ripping up your team now. You know, taking point sets before Champions League and stuff like that. You know, activating the wild card just because you know two or three of your players are are annoying you. You've just got to be patient, and it's you know it's you know most most top managers will always preach patience in FPL, but it's you know it's one of the hardest things to to do, especially when things are not going your way. Um, best thing to do after a bad game is just log out for a couple of days. You know, enjoy the Champions League games. Come back on Thursday, Friday with it with a fresh head, and it'll it'll help you avoid making any rash decisions. Again, you know, early days. We've got three quarters of the season to go. There's absolutely no need to panic. And there's, you know, even looking at some of the mini leagues I'm in, where there's only maybe twenty, twenty five managers. You know, there's huge differences uh, in in rank, but there's very little difference. You know, in points total. So there's everybody is probably everyone's. You know, a lot of people are very tightly grouped. If you can put two, three, four, you know, a run of two, three, four really good game weeks together, you can absolutely fly this season because, as I say, things seem to be pretty packed together even after nine game weeks. So just keep making logical decisions. Stay calm. You know, if captaincy hasn't been going your way, doesn't mean you need to change your approach. Keep making logical decisions and, and hopefully hopefully things will, will, you know, start, you know, logic will start to be re- rewarded soon. The main thing is don't panic, you know, you know a lot of people are in the same boat here so you just got to keep making good decisions and always think of the bigger picture you know if you've have if you have one or two bad game weeks it's only two game weeks out of 38 you know overall it's not gonna it's not gonna define your season so just keep the head up keep keep making good decisions and and you know the green arrows will come so the question was do i see it as a short-term blip or a new trend i i feel it is it's probably more than likely at just a short-term blip uh, I do expect things to, to calm down a little bit at some point. Hopefully it's soon. I've been saying that on quite a few podcasts that I'm hoping things are going to calm down soon. Hopefully game week 10 will be the be the one where the likes of De Bruyne, Sterling, Salah, all these guys deliver uh, and, and everything is restored to normal. Next question came in from FPL Big Bear. Uh, very good, very good FPL manager, FPL Big Bear. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. Uh Big Bear asks, what would you do with Aguero if you owned him? So this is a tricky one. I'm just I'm just glad I don't have that headache this week. So you know, he got he didn't play a minute in game week nine. There's Champions League midweek, so again, Champions League might influence decisions here. The 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 tricky thing with Aguero now is fixtures, you know, City play Villa and Southampton at home in their next two, so it's extremely difficult to sell Aguero before those two games if you own him. So I think if I was in the position of owning him, I think I would probably keep him for those two. 
and then maybe reassess after that. I'm um, just looking at City's fixtures here. So it's it's Villa and Southampton at home next. Then it's Liverpool away and Chelsea at home. So maybe maybe a Liverpool fixture is an opportunity game week twelve maybe to ship Aguero if you're not if you don't want that headache every week of whether he's going to start or not. But I do think selling them before you know before those two home fixtures is, is pretty it's pretty hard to do and it's pretty dangerous as well. Um, so I think I probably would end up keeping them for two more weeks and then then reassess things. You know, you could look at it, look at it as he's had his rest now, um, and you know, just hope that he that he starts those two home games that are coming up. Question from Martin Pramuka. Martin asks, uh, Tielemans or Madison? You know, who who would you go for if you didn't have either at the minute? So I, I don't have either, and my answer to this question is probably neither. You know, I, I don't really have space to fit them in, and it it's not really bothering me that I don't have a Leicester attacker at the minute. Um, if I had to choose, you know, I was, I was actually just looking at their points totals there and I was, I was actually surprised to see Tielemans actually has more points in Madison now. It's 37 to 36. Ma- Madison's a player, he, he's a funny one, you know, he, he always passes the eye test, has loads of shots, you know, he's very creative, but he flatters to deceive, you know, he, he, he doesn't always convert it into FPL points. It was the same last season, so that, that always kind of puts me off him. Um, and, you know, there is, there's an, a 0.8 million difference in price now. I think Madison's six four, and uh, I think Tielemans is six four, and Madison is seven two. So I do like the price saving, to be honest. At the minute, you know, there's 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 very as we say, there's very little between them in terms of total points. Tielemans, I think, is a, is a fabulous footballer, and I think he will, you know, rack up a decent FPL score this season as well. He's got the potential to, you know, get a lot more uh, attacking returns. He, he plays quite deep often, but yeah, at the minute, I don't think there's too much between them. And I think if I was forced to to make a decision this week, I, I think I'd probably go Tielemans just for for the point eight seven and, and use that point eight elsewhere. But probably long term, you know, who's gonna who's gonna score more most points? I would probably say Madison uh, over the course of the season. But again, I don't have either, and I'm not in a rush to go and get either. I'd probably be looking to get Vardy before either of them. But again, with my team structure, it's very hard to fit Vardy in. Question from Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth asks, can Gilbert or Target become this year's Doherty? 4.4 million attacking wingback. So yeah, the, the Aston Villa uh, fullbacks, Gilbert and Target, were impressive at the weekend. Target scored the winner, uh, and I'm pretty sure Gilbert got an assist as well. So I've been I've been impressed with Gilbert. He's the one on my watch list. I don't think Target is, is on my watch at the minute, but both are... I would say both are, are looking equally good at the minute. Now, I think a, a caveat to this is that Brighton game, you know, I think the red card affected things big time in that game and probably gave the fullbacks a lot more license to get forward. Um, but again, you know, great value, 4.4 million. You know, I like Aston Villa defensively this season, but again, just going back to Grealish and McGinn, it's fixtures. It's not the right time to do so. So, you know, probably going to give give it a couple of weeks you know, give Gilbert and Target another couple of weeks to, to maybe see if one of them stands out over the other. Again, it's probably a 50-50 decision at the minute. I think I would probably lean towards Gilbert. Just seen more of him this season and I really like him going forward. So that's the way I would go, but I wouldn't do it probably for another couple of weeks. So hopefully, hopefully maybe, you know, those guys can get close to, to Doherty levels. I don't think they will. It's funny, you know, Doherty could end up being this season's Doherty. He's, he's he's very quietly racking up the points, even though he's not starting many games. Don't don't get him. You know, Triori's playing a lot of games at right wing back, but Doherty's got a very healthy point return for 
the amount of game time he has. A uh, question from Mike. Mike made made a big risk going from De Bruyne to Mares last week. Um, he asks, is it essential to get De Bruyne back? I would say absolutely yes. You know, I think anyone who sold De Bruyne or for some reason doesn't have him yet this season, you've got to get him. You know, you've, that's got to be your priority, especially ahead of Aston Villa and Southampton at home. You know, watching how De Bruyne played uh, at the weekend, you know, it, if I didn't have him this week, that would be my number one priority. At all costs, go and get him, even if it's a minus four. I mean, I took a minus four to get De Bruyne back in game week three. And again, it's, it's probably one of the easiest minus fours I've ever had to make. I think it's actually the only minus four I've, I've taken this season. So if there's any player that merits a point set, I think it's Kevin De Bruyne this season. So just just get it done uh, and, and you'll enjoy you'll enjoy your weekend a lot more if he's, if he's in your team. Last question I'll tackle this week is from Jalal. Uh, what are my thoughts on navigating the Man City defence? So Jalal uses the word navigate here. I think I would use the word swerve or avoid, I think, at the minute, in terms of, of Man City defence. Unless unless you're someone who likes to pay a premium for a goalkeeper, Ederson is, is a good option. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the total points for goalkeepers so far this season, you know a lot of the budget guys are are, are matching Ederson or, or even doing better. I think Patricio's number one, Henderson's number two now. Um, so I, I still favour the, the cheaper goalkeepers. One thing to note on Henderson is be careful because I'm pretty sure he's he's on loan from Manchester United, so I don't think he can play uh, that Manchester United fixture, which is game week thirteen. So if you're a Henderson owner or you're thinking about bringing him in, just just bear in mind you could be without a goalkeeper in game week thirteen. Um, so yeah, you know I I I'm not looking to to fork out for Ederson at the minute. So Pep played Rodri and Fernandinho, two midfielders at centre back at the weekend. Mendy came in at left back and Cancelo played right back again. But um, you know there's question marks over Mendy. You know is he fit enough to play every week? There's Zinchenko could come in any given game week. Um, Cancelo, he's looking good, but Kyle Walker's not going to sit on the bench every week. So for me, it's just an avoid. You know, Otamendi, you know, missed out at the weekend. Let's see if Otamendi comes back in uh, Champions League. But I mean, surely Pep can see how bad Otamendi has been recently. You know, any defender who who jumps into tackles the way he does, you know, shouldn't be anywhere near that Man City team. If I was Pep Guardiola, I would just continue playing. You know, Fernandinho and Rodri at centre back, and just leave. Leave uh, leave Otamendi as far away from the starting eleven as possible. You know, John Stones is John Stones going to get back in? You know, which would maybe free up um, Rodri or Fernandinho to get to go back into midfield. So you know, I I really don't I don't like Otamendi, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's if that's him out of the team now. So my answer to Man City defence at the moment is just avoid them unless you want to unless you want to pay for Ederson. Wrap up the podcast now with captaincy chat and transfers for game week 10. Uh, captaincy is probably a little bit more straightforward this week than it has been the last couple of weeks. Man City are at home to Aston Villa, so I'm not going to look past that one. As I say, I've got Sterling and De Bruyne. I've got it on De Bruyne at the minute. Uh, I'll see what happens Champions League in terms of minutes uh, and obviously performance and hopefully they avoid injuries as well. I think most likely I'll, st- I'll stay with De Bruyne. You know, just been so consistent this season. Yeah, and Sterling's uh, Sterling's annoyed me a lot this season as well, so it's probably easier to to go to Brian in that case. Um, but that one that will probably go down to the wire. That decision. Uh, Chelsea are away to Burnley, so I never like any 
fix any you know any players playing away at Turf Moor. So I don't really like Abraham this week as a captain. Arsenal are at home to Crystal Palace. Aubameyang coming off two blanks. Not sure I like that one either. I mean, I I love Aubameyang as a player, but I just I never trust Arsenal, and, and that's why I I've said it a few times this season. I don't want to. I find it very hard to pay eleven million for an Arsenal player, even if it is someone as good as Aubameyang. Um, there's just too many clowns around them. You know, he, last night you know he was starved of service. You've got players like Granit Xhaka in midfield uh, and young kids like Saka. You know, Pepe's not doing much yet either. So that that's why I don't like investing so much in Aubameyang. And I don't. I, I, I would never trust him for captaincy for that reason either. Liverpool are at home to Spurs. Yes, Spurs have been pretty poor, but it's pretty hard to, you know, captain the likes of Salah or Mane in that fixture because, you know, Spurs at the end of the day, they're a good side. They can they can shut any team out on their day, so I'm not keen on Liverpool captaincy either this week. Um, if you're looking for if you're looking for a differential captain, which you shouldn't be, you should always just captain your the player you think is going to score the most points. There's no need to go you know trying to be too clever. Man, Man United probably have the best fixture this week away to Norwich. You know, likes a Rashford, maybe Martial will come back into the starting eleven. Don't don't do that. You know, just don't do it. Uh, I just threw it in here because they do have the best fixture. So yeah, for me, Man City captain this week is an easy one. Uh, transfers, what am I going to do in game week 10? It's probably a pretty simple one for me this week. It's either bank the transfer um, or sell Pookie. Um, if I decide to sell Pookie, the question is who for? Because I don't have any cash in the bank. Jimenez is the one I probably would go for, but I can't afford him. And The other options then are Chris Wood. Chris Wood, who's turned into Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, when I when I brought in Barnes, Chris Wood turned into Cristiano Ronaldo. And he scored four in his last four. So I do like Wood. He's he's very effective for his price. He just nothing fancy. Gets the job done. Ticks in five or six points most weeks. Um, uh, a lot of people are mentioning Danny Ings this week. And another one of my you know, rules, golden rules going into the season was avoiding injury-prone players. I made a list of about 30, 40 players who I'm just going to avoid this season. And Danny Ings is on that list. So for that reason, I'm just not going to go there. He's probably, I think he's, he's, I think he's got, did he get 90 minutes in the last three games, which is very impressive for, for the man who's made of wet paper. Uh, he's probably, he's probably a sneeze away from a hamstring strain. So, Anyone who goes for him, you know, it's it's brave. Hopefully it pays off for you. But for me, I'm just not going to take the risk with Danny Ings. He, he burned me last season, so I'm, I'm just not going to go back there. Um, another option for me is a player I've been talking up a lot this season is Mopai at Brighton. Again, the red card at the weekend probably affected Mopai and Connolly. So they're probably flying under the radar a little bit because of that. You know, they didn't probably didn't get much uh, opportunities because they were down to 10 men. Um that goal that Webster scored, you know, he headed it across goal and both Connolly and Mopay were just stooping to head it in, you know, but obviously it went went across the line and Webster got the goal. So that, that's a good sign. Um every t- as I say, every time I watch Brighton I like them. You know, I'd like I'd like a slice of the pie because, you know, I just enjoy watching them and I would like to have an FPL asset. So Mopay is probably the most likely um Pookie replacement for me. So it's it's basically whether it's basically just deciding, spending the rest of the week deciding whether I would rather bank a transfer uh, and give Pookie more time. What is it, five blanks and six now? 
So, I mean, it's it's frustrating, but he's still a good player. You know, Norwich, maybe they're going to turn the corner now. You know, they got a, got their first clean sheet. They got a point against Brighton. I think that was their first point away from home. They've got, where I'm just looking at their fixtures here, Norwich have Man United at home, which is not a, not a bad fixture these days. Then they've got Brighton and then they've got Watford. Then Everton and Arsenal. So, I mean, it's not it's not awful. It's not awful for Norwich. You know, Pookie could, uh, Pookie could turn it on again very quickly. So, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I think the easy one, the easy option is just sell him, um, which is probably most likely what I will do and probably get Mopai. Um, but again, let, let's see what happens. Champions League, Europa League, hopefully there's no injuries and stuff like that. Um, but that, that's, that's where I am on Tuesday with my thoughts in terms of transfers. As I said, I think you know anyone who can get from Puki to Jimenez, you know Puki to Wilson, Puki to Vardy, you know I like I like those I like those ideas. If you don't have Abraham, you know Puki to Abraham makes sense as well. There's loads of loads of striking options, and Chris Wood, I do like Chris Wood, uh, and you know Danny Ings, I do like Danny Ings as a player. Just my strategy this season is, is going to avoid those you know injury prone injury prone players, which is most likely going to cost a transfer in and a transfer out again later when he does when he does get that injury. That's it for this week, folks. Um, lots of content on Patreon this week. I recorded three Patreon, or I will be recording three Patreon podcasts this week. I did one already on Monday, which covers uh, some thoughts on the Liverpool and City games, and also some more thoughts on the season so far and, and how we deal with it. Wednesday, I'll be recording uh, a podcast covering the Sheffield United Arsenal game and, and a few more highlights that I've watched as well. And Friday, I always do a podcast on Friday for patrons. Um, just answering their questions ahead of the game week and just going through my finalised lineup and my captain and, and all that kind of stuff and any any news from the press conference as well gets covered in that one. There's a couple of WhatsApp places up for grabs on my Patreon offering. It's limited to 100 people this season. I think there's about 91 signed up to that one. So if you want to get one-to-one WhatsApp access to me uh, and access to the WhatsApp group as well, um, just sign up before before it, it fills up or any questions just send me a message on twitter at fpl general any support on patreon is is much appreciated um I, what, what do i need to mention the main thing this week is don't miss the friday deadline don't get caught out by the early one i'll be on the fpl show this week this thursday night if you're in a country where you can watch it live check it out on friday I'll post the links on Twitter. It'll be available on the Premier League website and the Premier League app. So check out the FPL show. It's always a good watch. Uh, and good luck in Game Week 10, folks. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, we can't have a third hellish Game Week. So hopefully, ho- last two Game Weeks, the average has been less than 40. Hopefully Game Week 10, add those two, two together and the average is going to be about 80 points and we can all just enjoy our weekends that little bit more. Um, so yeah, enjoy the Champions League. Be patient with those transfers, uh, and good luck. Good luck in Game Week Ten. I'll be back. I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Cheers for tuning in, folks. <laughs>